There's no justification for this failure to recognize Nigeria or India as egregious violations of religious freedom as they each clearly meet the legal standards for designation as CPCs. And Yusuf is tremendously disappointed that a State Department did not implement our recommendations as we have made. Hello, and welcome to the USERF Spotlight Podcast, a podcast series by the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom, where we take a deep dive into religious freedom conditions around the world, breaking the situation down for you. Each episode, we focus on a different country, region, or topic. Not only do we analyze and explain the religious freedom situation to our listeners, but we also make policy recommendations to the United States government in order to address the immense challenges we bring to light here. Welcome to USERF Spotlight. I'm Elizabeth Cassidy, Director of Research and Policy at the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom. Today on USERF Spotlight's 100th podcast episode, we're going to discuss the U.S. State Department's latest designations of Countries of Particular Concern, or CPCs, Special Watch List, or SWL countries, and Entities of Particular Concern, or EPCs. As most listeners are aware, one of USERF's essential functions is to make annual recommendations to the administration regarding which countries and entities deserve designation on these three lists. So we typically eagerly await the State Department's annual announcement of its designations to assess how they match up with our recommendations based on our independent analysis. Pursuant to the International Religious Freedom Act of 1998, or IRFA, the State Department this year redesignated 10 countries as CPCs. Those are Burma, China, Eritrea, Iran, North Korea, Pakistan, Russia, Saudi Arabia, Tajikistan, and Turkmenistan. It also added Cuba and Nicaragua to its CPC list, both of which were previously on the State Department's special watch list. In its 2022 annual report in April, USERF had recommended redesignation of the 10 CPC countries, and we also recommended CPC designation for Afghanistan, India, Nigeria, Syria, and Vietnam. The State Department placed on its SWL Algeria, the Central African Republic or CAR, Comoros, and Vietnam. USERF recommended in its 2022 annual report that Algeria and CAR be placed on the SWL, but also that Azerbaijan, Egypt, Indonesia, Iraq, Kazakhstan, Malaysia, Turkey, and Uzbekistan be included as well. Finally, the State Department also designated nine EPCs, which are non-state actors that engage in particularly severe violations of religious freedom under IRFA. USERF recommended the designation of seven of these actors in its 2022 annual report. This is indeed a long list of countries and non-state actors, but the question remains, what do these designations actually mean and how does USERF view them? Today, we're pleased to have USERF Chair Nuri Turkel join us to discuss the designations. Chair Turkel, welcome to USERF Spotlight. Thank you so much for having me on, especially on the 100th um, episode of uh, USERF Spotlight podcast. Really, really great to have you. So let's jump right into the most controversial element of the designations this year. The newest list had two major exclusions from both the CPC and SWL lists, Nigeria and India, both of which USERF had recommended for CPC status. How does USERF view these exclusions? I'm glad to respond to these admissions, Elizabeth. Um, allow me to state outright, the State Department is simply turning a blind eye to both countries, particularly 
severe religious freedom violations by failing once again to include them in this latest set of CPC designations. There's no justifications for this failure to recognize Nigeria or India as egregious violations of religious freedom as they each clearly meet the legal standards for designation as CPCs. And USERF is tremendously disappointed that the State Department did not implement our recommendations as we have made. This exclusion is particularly perplexing as our reporting on both countries and the State Department's own reporting includes numerous glaring examples of particularly severe religious freedom violations in both Nigeria and India, which rise to the clear standard of ongoing systematic and egregious violations. Let me ask you to just elaborate that um, for a minute. Could you provide our listeners with some examples of the sort of particularly severe violations that should place both Nigeria and India among the CPCs? Of course. Uh, let's look at uh, first at Nigeria, whose designation as a CPC that USERF has recommended since 2009. In 2021, USERF's and State Department's most recent reporting year Religious freedom conditions in Nigeria remained poor as both state and non-state actors committed widespread and egregious religious freedom violations. Yes, Nigeria's constitution ostensibly protects religious freedom, but unfortunately, Nigerian citizens have continued to face blasphemy charges and convictions, violence and attacks during religious ceremonies. Let me give you some more specific illustrations of violations that occurred last year. Authorities in Kano state pursued blasphemy charges against uh, Kandiria Muslim leader, Sheikh Abdul Jabari Kabara, Tijaniya Muslim gospel singer, Yahya Sharif Amino, and humanist leader, Mubarak Bala. Criminal groups carried out nearly a dozen attacks on houses of worship, including five mosques and six churches. And at least 13 leaders were kidnapped for ransom, including eight priests, two pastors, and two imams. It is important that our listeners understand that a government does not necessarily have to commit all violations to deem the country a CPC. It can also tolerate them, which is really the main concern in Nigeria's fragile social and political context. In India, meanwhile, the government policies have clearly continued down negative path in terms of religious freedom leading up to and since Yusuf most recently began recommending it for CPC designation in 2020. But I do have to mention, Elizabeth, that there have been signs of India's downturn in religious freedom for a long time. We also recommended it for CPC way back in 2001, 2003, and 2004. And we recommended as a uh, tier to a country equivalent to what is now a special watch list from 2009 to 2019. In the last reporting year, with clear signs continuing throughout the current year, I should add the Indian government continued to promote and enforce policies that promote a Hindu nationalist agenda and negatively impacting Muslim, Christian, Sikh, Dalitis, and Adivasis people or practitioners. The Indian government also continued to repress critical voices, especially religious minorities and those advocating for them through surveillance, harassment, detention, and persecution under laws such as 
the Unlawful Activities Prevention Act, UAPA, or by targeting non-governmental organizations, NGOs, under the Foreign Contribution Regulations Act, known as FCRA. And finally, USERF's Freedom of Religion or Belief Victims list documents at least 40 people currently imprisoned in India for their religious activities and work supporting disadvantaged and marginalized religious communities. Thank you so much for that overview. Let's shift gears a bit and discuss some of what USERF considers positive steps in this year's set of designations. You've, you've discussed the, some countries that the State Department excluded, but what were some of this year's new and noteworthy inclusions? Yes, this is an, an important part of uh, these designations. Uh, and there were indeed some new or returning inclusions that we would like to uh, commend that the State Department has uh, done. First, in April 2020, USERF has recommended WSL placement for Cuba and uh, Nicaragua based on conditions in these countries in 2021. And the situation is both in both countries have clearly deteriorated further this year. The State Department not only agreed, but in fact, it recognized that the clear deterioration and downward trajectory since last year by including both countries on its CPC list. In Nicaragua, the government of President Daniel Ortega targeted religious institutions most notably the Catholic Church, with inflammatory rhetoric, arbitrary visa cancellations for priests, and harassment of worshipers and clergy. President Ortega has presided over several years of religious freedom violations, and the latest string of dire incidents warrants much tougher stance. So we certainly applaud the State Department's CPC designation. Like the State Department, we have also seen a notable increase in the severity of religious freedom violations in 2020, including the arbitrary and indefinite house arrest of Bishop Ronaldo Alvarez since August 19. In Cuba, religious freedom remained highly restricted last year as the government used surveillance, harassment, and ad hoc interpretation of legislation to suppress religious freedom and persecute religious freedom advocates. It is well known and well documented that Cuban government seeks to strictly control and heavily repress any religious activity in the country. It resorts to unconscionable tactics to repress religious communities, such as surveillance of religious activity, persecution of religious leaders and lay people, and ill treatment of religious prisoners of conscience. With this unfortunate reality in mind, Yusuf welcomes the State Department's CPC designation for Cuba. Another noteworthy inclusion this year is State Department's naming of Vietnam to its special watch list. To be clear, USERF has recommended it, this country as a CPC every year since 2002, including in our most recent annual report earlier this year. Vietnam has made some important advances that we want to be careful to recognize and we have reported uh, accordingly. However, it has not decisively ceased committing or tolerating particular severe religious freedom violations. But it has not decisively ceased committing or tolerating particularly severe religious freedom violations. Last year, the government continued to enforce the 2018 law on belief and religion, 
which as written and implemented contravenes international human rights standards. The Vietnamese authorities persecuted members of unregistered independent groups, including Hmong and Montignard Christians and independent Buddhist groups. And they have subjected believers and religious freedom advocates to long-term imprisonment. And finally, USERF welcomes states naming the Central African Republic or CAR to a special watch list. We have recommended this step previously from 2015 to 2020, and then again made this recommendation starting this year when we saw religious freedom conditions again began to decline in 2021. Verified reports by human rights investigators found that the government tolerated violence against Muslim minority by its own security forces and its foreign armed partners. Meanwhile, operations by car government forces and Russia's Wagner Group, which I should note State Department also named as an entity of particular concern, or EPC, disproportionately targeted Muslim communities, subjecting them to detention, torture, and execution. And a variety of violent actors in CAR continue to politicize religion, impacting both Muslims and Christians. So from Yusuf's perspective, State Department's designation of CAR on the special watch list this year was an entirely appropriate decision. Thank you for explaining those additions. Are there any other countries or entities that the State Department named or failed to name that you'd like to hi highlight for our listeners? Absolutely. In fact, one of the more disappointing omissions in what we certainly recognize is a compl complicated context is the exclusion of Afghanistan as a CPC this year. State Department did indeed redesignate the Taliban as an entity of particular concern, but limiting its designation as merely an EPC simply does not reflect the reality that the group is the de facto government of the country. Let's be very clear. Religious freedom conditions in Afghanistan, not to mention the broader human rights picture, have deteriorated to an absolutely disastrous degree since Taliban's takeover in 20, uh, August 2021. This downward spiral is clearly evident in our recent country update, including severe restrictions of women's rights and horrific violence against Hazara Shia Muslims, and unfortunately, the situation for freedom of religion or belief in the country has continued to get much worse this year. With all of these concerns in mind, State Department's glaring exclusion of Afghanistan again this year really is deeply disappointing. Yes, we do understand that the Biden administration has refrained from recognizing the Taliban as a legitimate government, and there are some sound reasons for that approach, but there is a precedent for walking the fine line between formal recognition and de facto reality when religious freedom and human rights are on the line. For example, the State Department has named Burma as CPC since its very first set of designation in 1999, and it crucially included that country again in this year's list despite the fact that the United States has not recognized Burma's ruling military junta as a legitimate government since it seized power in a coup in February 2021. From Yusuf's perspective, State Department should have taken a similar approach to the Taliban in Afghanistan this year, 
and we strongly urge that it reverse the course and rectify that unfortunate omission next year. And we'll have to leave it right there. I want to thank Chair Nuri Turkel for joining us today on our 100th Spotlight episode to discuss some of the nuances of this year's State Department designations. You can find USERF's recent reporting and recommendations on all of the above countries, as well as our broader reporting and advocacy on our website at www.userf.gov. Thank you very much for joining us, and we'll see you next time on USERF Spotlight.